Well, 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 welcome to the podcast known as Nosy. Whoop, whoop, turn up for Charlotte. It's Nosy in the CLT with your boy Lim Houston on the microphone. I'm on my way to Cardio Funk, and I want to tell you, this weekend was the bomb. It was the, it was the absolute bomb. We had two hours of cardio funk. And I just want to talk about cardio funk real quick. Not to toot my own horn, but just to tell the truth. You know, to tell it from my perspective, doing this cardio funk style workout for almost nine years, y'all. Almost nine years have I been doing cardio funk. And this is what I got out of Saturday. Now, I know I did two hours of cardio funk two weeks ago, two Saturdays prior to this past one. And really that brewery, it was off the hook. We had about 28, 30 people and it was just so live and the energy was there. The cardio funk session on Saturday wasn't as energetic in the room, but it was very tough. Like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if, if, if I'm going through some kind of hormonal change, but it was so tough for me to make it through two hours of cardio funk. But this is what cardio funk did for me this past weekend. After cardio funk, I was so spent, so tired. And normally after uh, the two hour sessions, I always go and get something to go to eat because I feel like I'm hungry sometimes, not all the time. Well, this time I grabbed something to eat from Big Bites and Cornelius and I didn't really, I tasted it and it was too greasy to be honest with you. And I just didn't have an appetite. But between doing cardio funk on Saturday and I did do one hour of cardio funk on Sunday and that was it. I I didn't do any swap Saturday. I didn't do my own run, which I usually do on Sunday. I just went ahead and kind of like just vegged out a little bit. And I I dropped five pounds. Can you believe it? I dropped five pounds. My clothes felt so loose. But part of the reason, part of why I'm talking about it is That workout, that two hours made it so exhausting. I didn't even really want to eat a full meal. I got full really, really quick. And I have have to say, it's all because that two hours of cardio funk, that two hours of cardio funk does a body good. And if you have not tried two hours, not just the regular one hour, but if you have not done two hours of cardio funk, You got to try it, especially if you are having weight management issues. Um, You got to try it because I believe that that high rate of cardio, the fun that you exude when you're sitting there dancing for two straight hours. I mean, go back to the time frame when you were in college and most of the folks that may be listening that are around my age, we danced our asses off. And we didn't have to worry about really food. I mean, we ate shit. We ate whatever the hell we wanted. But because we were so active, I can only speak for myself. 
I didn't go to a college per se, but during that time frame, I, I mean, I did. I went to a little community college, but d- between the age of 21 and 25, there wasn't really a need to have to focus in on losing weight because I was dancing at the clubs a lot, a lot, y'all. Like I was, I loved it. It just did something for me. And even the high amount of booze and the bad eats after the club, it didn't matter. So when I, when I hear people who say, you know, I just, I, I, the older I get, the fatter I get, well, it's because you're sedentary for, for a large portion of it. If you're out moving, if you're, and I, and I know that as you age, things don't stay the same. Your metabolism changes. Hell, there's so many hormonal things that change that can affect how fit you look. But I was just talking to somebody today who's, her name is Tamara and she's a trainer and she does group exercise. She's 52 years old. And when I tell you this chick's body is dope, it is really, really dope. And what she was saying for her and for her son's also into fitness dietitian stuff, it's 90% of what you eat, you know, 85 to 90% of what you eat. But the activity, the activity helps you control what you eat. So all I'm saying is pump it up for two hours of cardio funk. It helped me drop to quick five. And I'm so happy because I'm getting ready to eat my ass off. I've talked about it in previous podcasts. Thanksgiving is the absolute best day ever. There's football all day. There's food you can munch on all day. It's the only time I eat this kind of crap. <coughs> Excuse me, but I eat it all day long. I am making my famous baked macaroni and cheese. And yes, it is the best macaroni and cheese that I, I've ever had. I, I can tell you hands down, even my grandmother's, both grandmothers, recipe, uh, like I've had their baked macaroni and cheese, it doesn't even hold a candle to mine. And they are damn great cooks. I just believe that there's just, there's something extra that I kind of put in it that I don't want to tell everybody because then people will be trying to steal my recipe. I don't want you to steal my recipe. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to treat my SWAT group to it on Thursday morning. And I'm going to dive into that myself after our Thursday Thanksgiving workout. All right, so football is coming to a conclusion, especially for college football. I know the pros, you know, we got more games in the pros. Um, It was pretty exciting with the pro football games this past weekend. Uh, I think the Cowboys, man, they're the good thing is, is they're in a weak division, so they might, they still might make the playoffs some kind of way by winning their division. And winning their division, that, that could mean that they go nine and seven, maybe even eight and eight. I mean, the division is just deplorable with the Philadelphia Eagles, but I want to talk college football more so because I love it a little bit more. Oh, let's say a lot more than, than the pros. In college football, we have had things kind of take care of themselves. Oregon was on the fast track to being close to being the fourth team in 
for the championship series. They are out. They lost to Arizona State. My Colorado Buffaloes ended up beating Washington at home to go five and six. All they have to do is beat Utah, and we are going bowling, baby. It's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to throw good vibes in the universe and say we upset the number six ranked team, the Utah Utes, at their own home. Anyway, let's get to reality, Lim. Let's let's switch gears. You know, I'm talking nonsense. It's not going to happen. But what is getting ready to shake down is you've got LSU playing a pivotal game, which they should win this weekend. I mean, they should be able to do away with Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a fraud. Their record is fluffed up because they don't play a level of competition uh, that's anywhere near good. So, um, Texas A&M is, uh, you know, they're average. So, LSU with their high-profile styling and profiling offense should take care of that. Ohio State, which is ranked number two. They play my other boys, the Michigan Wolverines. And I'm telling you right now, if... Michigan can play a similar style of defense that Penn State played. Now, Penn State didn't give up but 28 points, and I say but 28 points because Ohio State has been throwing up large numbers of points on everybody that they've played. And if Michigan can play a style of defense that keeps um, homeboy, their quarterback, just contained, just contained, then it will be a very competitive game. And I'll say this, if Michigan's offense looks anywhere as good as it did against Indiana, now I know it's Indiana, but if Shea Patterson can connect with all the receivers that he did this past Saturday, it's a wrap. Ohio State's going to take an L, and that may mean we have controversy in the NCAA championship series games. Because here's what you're going to have. If, if Ohio State loses to Michigan, but still plays uh, Wisconsin or who else is there? Yeah, I think it would be Wisconsin in the... Um, no, it would be Minnesota. It would be Minnesota in the championship game. Um, man, and if they happen to lose against Minnesota, which I don't, I wouldn't think they would, then they would just be out. However, if they win and are the Big, Big Ten championship winners, hey, then you're, you're going to have to figure out who in the SEC gets left out. Because you really realistically have LSU. And so this is where it gets really fun for me. Like, I'm sad that it's getting ready to come to an end, but I'm happy to see how this thing shakes out. If LSU beats Texas A&M, I think regardless whether they win the the SEC championship game or lose, they are in. They're going to either be one or four, period, hands down. And then you've got this whole situation where if LSU 
plays Georgia, which is the expected team to come out of the SEC East, if LSU plays Georgia and Georgia happens to beat LSU, they would be in maybe over Alabama. Alabama would have to hope that LSU beats Georgia so that they can potentially slide in. Because let's face it, there's going to be at least two SEC teams that get in. That's just hands down how it's going to be. The the caveat to all this, though, too, is if Minnesota happens to beat Ohio State, so if Minnesota doesn't lose this coming week and they only have one loss, and that's to Iowa, and Iowa's not a bad team, and then if they happen to win the, the Big Ten over Ohio State, it even throws everything out of whack because you have potentially a Baylor team that could come out of the Big 12 if they win the Big 12. You have Oklahoma who would be sitting out because they would have lost or Oklahoma could be in if they win the Big 12. And then you have um, the, the Big 10 if Minnesota wins they would have only had one loss. So there is just so much to deal with if everything shakes down potentially the way they could. Because you have several teams that could get that fourth and final spot. So let me get, recap what I just said. LSU is a lock. They're in. Period. All they got to do is win, beat Texas a- A&M this week, uh, weekend. Get into the SEC championship game. Win or lose, they're in. The other three, uh, Clemson, clearly in. There's nobody that the the Coastal, <laughs> they there. There's nobody that can even hold Clemson's nuts in the ACC Coastal Division. Okay, so Clemson is in. You have two spots left, but you have multiple opportunities for one loss teams to get in. I'm going to call it right now. I say that Ohio State gets in because they're going to end up, even if they lose to Michigan, they're going to win the Big Ten championship game against Minnesota. I firmly believe that. Then you have one spot left. And I will say, and I didn't even talk about Utah. If Utah wins the Pac-12 championship game and beat Colorado this coming weekend, I would put Utah at number four. It'll be so hard to see who gets left out if you have all these one-loss championship teams because you could have a team out of the Big 12 and out of the Pac-12 with one loss and are champions and not get in. This is why I love football. It's the best. It's just the best. So this is my recap on it. I Like I said, I'm excited. I'm, I'm so excited. I was so happy to feel so good after doing the two hours of cardio funk. And I'm so happy to look forward to seeing who actually makes the final four. Now, I would believe that in, in the future, if there's something that causes controversy, because let's, let's listen to this. If Alabama doesn't play, which they probably will not play 
in the SEC championship game. I think LSU would have to lose against Texas A&M, and then there's conversation about that. But let's say Alabama is sitting outside. Let's say LSU wins the 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 national cha- I mean not national the SEC championship game and Alabama's sitting right there saying hey we didn't have a great schedule but we only lost by I believe it was like five or six points to the SEC championship team we should be in or you would have maybe a one loss Baylor or Oklahoma team saying hey look we only lost one but we actually won our division we won the big 12 there's controversy there or you could have utah saying hey we only lost one game and we won the pac 12 who the hell do you put in for that fourth and final spot i already claimed three lsu clemson and ohio state they have it on lock even if ohio state loses to michigan and wins and they will win, <clears throat> excuse me, the Big Ten championship if they played Minnesota or Wisconsin, but I think it's going to be Minnesota. Guess what? You have three teams that all could make cases, and two of the three teams are going to be left out. Does Alabama get the nod because who they lost to is the SEC and everybody salivates that the SEC is just the best. It's just the best. And there's no team. If Utah played Alabama, they wouldn't win. I don't want to hear that. Alabama didn't win their division. I don't want to hear that at all. I firmly believe that anybody for consideration needs to have won their conference. And especially if we're talking about all these teams have one loss. They can't help that they play in what people want to view as a weaker conference. You know, the Big 12 gets no props because they say that there's no defense being played. It's football. It's football. Scheduling counts. And to me, Alabama loses out because their schedule was cupcake. This is why they need to pay a penalty for lining up Western Carolina. They definitely need to pay a penalty for setting up a cupcake to lose that they know. And, and and, And the thing is, Does it help out these little small schools by playing and knowing that they're going to get beat up on? Yes, it it pays. They get paid more money to play that game, and it does help out their program. But Alabama historically, in my mind, from my own recollection, they've never played like a top 10, 20 hard schedule. I I don't recall it. They want to say that playing in the SEC is tough enough, but as you can see, the toughest team in the SEC that they played, I think was Texas A&M. And Texas A&M is a fraud. They're just average at best. So Alabama should be out. uh, If it rolls down, like I say, that LSU wins the SEC, hell, even if if Georgia wins the SEC, then hands down, it's going to be LSU, Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State. That'll make it the easiest. If Georgia was to win, it'll make it the easiest because Georgia has one loss. And to me, they would beat a Utah team. They would beat a one loss. I don't know. I can't even say that because they don't have that much of of an offense. It would be 
really hard for me to see Utah not getting in for that fourth and final spot. If, but everything would have to be based on strength of schedule. Now, Georgia, if you throw LSU in there and they happen to beat them for the conference championship, well, shit, you you almost have to have Georgia in there, right? You almost have to have them in there. I, I really hope LSU just takes it all the way so we don't have that conversation. I want to have the conversation where it's now all jacked up and you've got either Oklahoma or Baylor sitting on the sidelines, Alabama sitting on the sidelines, Oh, and Utah on the sidelines, and everybody's trying to jock, jockey for that one position. Folks, it is 20 minutes in, and I could keep going on and on. I do believe that they're going to have to do something and add more teams in this championship series. I I prefer six and say whoever the top two is, top two are, they get a bye, and then the other four teams play it out and then you bring in the other two teams that had a buy but I think they're going to probably expand this to eight which I think would water it down but I love this conversation I could talk about it all day long be cool everybody be cool it's almost Thanksgiving and yeah I'm going to throw you on another podcast on Thanksgiving whoop whoop peace out